0: Good morning, good morning, good morning to you too. This is Law of the Land with Gloria J. Brown Marshall. I have missed you. As we go forward, there's a lot that's taken place, but I wanna focus on COVID today. We have a lot of questions i know i do and so we have with us our own dr candace johnson to answer some of those questions and this is going to be one of those days where we try to stay focused and make sure that we understand something thoroughly and that's what WBAI is about, and it's the difference between a station like this and another station where they give you five people trying to have three-minute conversations, and we never fully understand any of it. Today, Monday, as of 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the unofficial COVID 19 total of cases in the United States was 38,799,341. The number of deaths from COVID, 637,539. So what we need to understand is there's been an increase of over 1 million cases and 9,000 deaths from a week ago. The focus of that, of course, we've placed on Delta. We know following up behind Delta is Lambda, and then there are others. The questions we have, of course, are we protected if we're vaccinated? If we're not vaccinated, why not? And what would get someone to get to the point where they would be vaccinated? What risk are we to ourselves in this situation? What risk are we in when it comes to passing on this infection to other people or having it passed on to us. The, the maskers, the non-maskers, I walk around and see plenty of people now, I would say probably 60% of the people on the street without a mask. I've had the opportunity in the last few weeks to, to journey to other parts of the country And I'm gonna tell you, I've been in certain places where you would not even know there is a pandemic going on. No masks whatsoever. I've been in stores where the only people wearing a mask were those people behind the cash register. This is a very unusual situation. And I truly believe, and I said this back in March of 2020, when it was announced the disproportionate rate of infection and deaths among people of color, I think others believed, well, that's their issue. That's their problem, meaning the people of color having this problem based on morbidity. And we even had this conversation, and we'll have it later with Dr. Johnson, because now that we have healthy young people getting sick, very, very ill, some of them dying, relatively uh, fewer, of course, than older people, but still dying. And so how could it just be the morbidity? How could it just be the fact that some people are overweight and some people have diabetes? There's more to it than that. And those questions we need answered. Also other things have come to my mind and my heart goes out in my prayers as well and support I can give to the people in Louisiana. But also I want us to realize Hurricane Ida battered Louisiana leaving the state without power, that means they don't have electricity for their ventilators. So when we start to think about the other effects of Hurricane Ida, and at the same time, the pandemic, especially on the poor, and I'm talking about the poor of of any stripe. And here now, those people who are living in those lower lying areas, who have been devastated and have finally gotten their lives back in order after Hurricane Katrina, now being devastated by a pandemic and Hurricane Ida. So we have those people on our minds. And the fact that there's been a wave of, of young people, is they call it even a, a surge among young people and even seriously uh, making ill infants the coronavirus has had that much of an effect. There's been a wave of cases in Hawaii, and this testing the capacity of hospitals and morgues there, their health director is saying, uh, Director Elizabeth Shar. So I'm just wondering, when we think about the anti-maskers, the, the anti-vaxxers. One thing you heard me see on this show very clearly, and I and I I've actually said this um, a few times, I had the opportunity to uh, be on a panel with Adam Liptak, who is the reporter for from the New York Times who covers the US Supreme Court. I was very honored to be on a panel with him and and John um, Yo from Berkeley University of California Law School. Uh, and I was really very I- impressed by both of them. Of course, you know I'm a Adam Liptak fan, because <laughs> he's been covering the U.S. Supreme Court brilliantly for at least ten years. But a question from the audience came at the end of our presentation, and the question was about masking and the constitutional right not to mask, et cetera. And I said, well, I truly believed, and I did, and continue to, that you cannot force people to put. A testing. Now remember, this is not officially, this is before it was officially um, approved by the FDA, but this is an experimental drug. So this tested and but is not um fully approved. Vaccine should not be forced into a person's body by law or by dictate or even by a university. And so uh, now that Pfizer has been approved by the FDA, um, Moderna has not. Which is kind of interesting as well. We can look at whether or not um, this this can be a forced um, injection, which I think is something that we do for polio and smallpox. We do have forced vaccinations that one must take before they can go to school. But I think it's going to be very interesting as well, and and the fact that the booster shots. But there are so many questions, and so we're going to be thinking about those questions ourselves as we wait for after our musical break for dr candace johnson's doctor of nursing to come and speak with us about this she's a phd doctor not a medical doctor but she is a doctor of nursing. and she's been on many times before especially in 2020 helping us to better understand the pandemic we thought maybe we were out of the the, the, the worst of it because of the vaccine but at the time she was an anti-vaxxer so we're going to ask her questions about that. And also, I want to go back to something with when we come to anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers. We, we've had um, many situations now in which those people who have been um, a, a, a deep um, opponents to masking and the vaccine to actually die from the illness. And I'm not wishing this on anyone. Um, but I am very concerned when those people who have died, who were anti-vaxxers, their deaths are not seen as a, a, a calling out for people to get a vaccine or to wear a mask. And thinking of how that not wearing a mask could hurt other people in their own families. And I wanna give you this one um, example, um, the host Mark um, Bernier, Mark Bernier, B-E-R-N-I-E-R. I I hope that's the way you pronounce his name because he was definitely a Mr. Anti-Vax. That's what he called himself, Mr. Anti-Vax. Well, he died on Saturday. He's the third radio personality who publicly opposed vaccines to be one who succumbed to the virus itself. So this is not something that is going away anytime soon. Uh, The Spanish flu lasted over two years, but it's so interesting to me, and I still don't understand, where did the Spanish flu go? There was no vaccine for the Spanish flu from 1918 to 1920. So where did it go? So this whole idea of mutating, and something that I think um my cousin, I had a chance to spend time with my cousin this past Saturday when I was down in Washington, D.C. for the March on Washington for Voting Rights, as, as well as during that time period, there was a march against police brutality that also took place on Saturday that did not get the attention that the Voting Rights March received, but I was down there for that, and my cousin, um, Dr. Susan Bradshaw, and I had a quick little family reunion while we were there. And it was just so wonderful marching with my cousin in Washington, DC, marching for voting rights and marching to um, stop this endless violence and murder of people by police. Those you know moments were just beautiful family moments for me, but we never lost sight of the fact that we're outside. We wore our masks. We did what we felt we needed to do by washing our hands as often as we could, given the facilities that were there for an outside protest at the mall in Washington, DC. Always having this in the back of our minds and wondering, as my cousin said to me, this vaccine is temporary. There has to be a booster. I don't know if I would take the booster. I'm going to tell you that quite honestly. I don't know if I want to put a booster in my body. But then she said something, just know that COVID wants to live too, and it will do whatever it can to live. The coronavirus is alive, it is a living organism, and it wants to stay alive, and it will mutate, it will jump from host to host, it will do whatever it must do to live We have to be as strong-willed, at least as strong-willed as this virus that wants to live. Keep that in your mind. COVID, the coronavirus, wants to stay alive. So do what you can, be involved in some way to be helpful in this. And we're gonna try to give people perhaps some intellectual fighting power so that they can convince those relatives who are anti-vaxxers or at least anti-maskers to put on a mask and realize that you're in a battle for your life with an enemy that may want to live more than that relative does. We'll be right back after this with Dr. Candace Johnson. Everybody
1: over there. Get on up. Everybody right there. Get into it. Everybody right there. Get involved.
0: Uh, We know that was the hardest working man in show business James Brown get involved get involved get involved and of course if you're a WBII listener you are involved and want to be involved more and that means you need to be armed with knowledge we have with us Dr. Candace Johnson and it's been a while Dr. Johnson thank you Dr. Candace for being here.
2: Thank you for having me again. I'm, in, I'm in, uh, enjoying the little break that I had, but uh, it's time to talk again about coronavirus and COVID-19 disease It's time.
0: And what have you been doing in this past year?
2: Well, I've been uh, one of these folks who's part of the great migration and the great resignation. I've uh, moved on to uh, expand my um, my. Well, my practice is basically in public health, so I'm looking to um, expand my skill set in in restarting a home health care agency and uh, because my main purpose is to train community-based nurses. I was in the uh, traditional setting for a while training nurses in the baccalaureate setting, but I'm looking to rise up a pipeline of nurses that are community-based and focused on uh, helping people – uh, take care of themselves inside their own home. So uh, I'm re-expanding that business and also kind of working on getting information and knowledge out to individuals. So I started a website to um, try to spread more information about population health and vulnerable populations and just basically um, doing what I think I'm here to do.
0: And so what's your website? Uh, the website is Dr.
2: Community RN. That's D-R Community R-N. And I just launched that uh, to track COVID-19, but I'll also be looking at many other and blogging about many other public health issues and community health issues that affect vulnerable populations in particular.
0: Well, then let's get into it and affecting vulnerable populations. What is this that we should expect from this Delta variant? Is this just one in a parade of variants because this um, coronavirus wants to live?
2: Oh well, you know we could look at it like that, and the, but the way I'd like to describe it to your listeners is a rolling wave. The Delta wave is going to be rolling through the United States and hitting those areas of vulnerability as uh, as they as as it sees it or as it comes into contact with it. So what we do know already is that down there in Florida, Alabama, Texas, that they had their children going back to school in the most recent weeks. And they tend to send their kids back to school a little earlier than the rest of the United States. So what they saw was a surge in coronavirus cases as uh, children who are very vulnerable to this Delta variant um, are are showing up in hospitals with uh, pretty severe, moderate and severe illness. And you didn't see that the first time with the uh, ancestral strain, which is the one that came from Wuhan, China, and also the alpha variant, which is the one that pretty much dominated us during the first and second surges. So what we're seeing now though is a completely different virus. As I heard you explaining to your listeners earlier, COVID or SARS-CoV-2 wants to live and viruses are very intelligent in that they can't live outside the body, but once they're inside your body, they can hijack your machinery uh, of replicating cells and just replicate like crazy inside the body. So one of the problems with Delta is that we're seeing is that it replicates fast. Uh, I remember telling your listeners last, uh, uh, last year uh, during the first wave that the R-naught was about two to three. um, That R-naught is the number of people that one person, one infected person can infect. So that's one person infecting three people. Well, Delta variant uh, has an R-naught of about seven, so mm. one person can infect seven other people. So when we talk about things going viral, we're really talking about the ability for for someone to share something multiple times with other people. So uh, essentially, that's what Delta is doing, is taking advantage of its opportunity to replicate often, and in children, uh, it seems to be more um, Uh, more effective in getting them sick um, than the alpha variant was. And we're also seeing that because those children are rolling out to schools and going back to colleges in different numbers, in varying numbers, that we're going to see Delta just roll on through um, the Delta wave, roll on through the United States as children start to go out and go back to school.
0: So um, I, I feel a little ripped off by the vaccine, um, and I and, and I'll say the vaccine uh, promotion, we'll put it that way. And that mm-hmm. is because um, perhaps they didn't know, or maybe they did, mm-hmm. that it would only last nine months and then a booster would be necessary. So let's break this down. For yes. one, why should people trust a vaccine that's only going to last nine months?
2: Well, that's a great question. And you are absolutely right that um, – the, the messaging was wrong in the beginning when these vaccines first came out. I personally did not want to be part of the messaging that was coming out at that time because scientists who study public health, which is uh, what what I'm trained in, scientists who studied that um, particular epidemiology and the movement and the rise and fall of disease incidents, especially emerging diseases and novel diseases, you would know to warn the population that, this is a situation where we're building the airplane as we fly. And I remember saying that in the beginning of the, uh, of the uh, epidemic. But I do also notice that um, there was a need for some reason to give people the impression that the vaccine would be a magic bullet. And no vaccine is a, a magic bullet. And, in fact, when I'm, I'm training my students on how immunology works and why we work with vaccines, it's really not to cure disease. So that's mixed and disinformation to have individuals out there thinking that once I got that shot in my arm, that I was going to be protected against infection because, no, it does not um, always guarantee. And we now know this through time and the data that um, this vaccine does not protect an individual from becoming infected. It is possible for individuals to be infected and to spread the disease to other people, even though they're Vaccinated, and then to add to that, we're starting to see what we call breakthrough infections, which is what happens when an individual has a compromised immune system or an older immune system. That is not to say that every individual approaching or over the age of sixty-five is uh, has a uh, immunocompromised compromised system, but we do see that as we get older, our um, immune systems age, and so we lose some of that immunity that we had to things when we were younger. And what you see in the children is that they are, have underdeveloped um, immune systems, so they don't have, uh, um, they haven't been exposed to enough yet to have the strength of the immune system that you would expect for your um, people who are in their um, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s. But the unfortunate thing about Delta variant is that it is attacking people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. And you have people on ventilators and perishing who are relatively young in age. So when it comes to um, feeling ripped off, you know, I agree. I agree with you that the messaging was all wrong. People should not have been told that this is a magic bullet. What they should have been told is that vaccination does not equal immunization. What it does guarantee, and this is why I decided to take the vaccine myself. I was a late adapter to the vaccine I did it because what we did know, once Delta got here to the United States and began to become the dominant strain and a more virulent strain that was causing more harm to our young folks, what we saw and to our older folks who had taken the vaccine already early in the game and noticed that the vaccine is starting to wear off. Now, this isn't unusual. A lot of vaccines have waning immunity. Flu shock, for example, is an example is a vaccine that we have to take often because of the nature of the virus it mutates quickly now we didn't know that at first but we know that now that SARS coronavirus 2 it mutates fast it mutates faster than we thought we thought those vaccines would be stable we hoped it would be stable as, as researchers and scientists. But we didn't know. We had no way of knowing. So we are learning as we go. And we should be more honest with people about the fact that these vaccines will work to protect you from hospitalization and death. And that is something that we can say with um, with some assurity. Now, the booster comes into play if you have an older immune system, because the truth is that the little soldiers that you're, that your immune system mounts in order to fight the virus, as you get older, those soldiers, they wear out more quickly. That's just the reality, that a younger person has uh, more soldiers to keep going longer. And what we know about vaccines is that if you uh, give another dose of the vaccine to someone who just needs additional soldiers to put out there, additional stimulation to create more soldiers... For, for themselves and their own bodies, that, in fact, um, that will work, that will actually expand the immunity. Now, what's happening is you may decide, and as many of us have decided over the years, that, you know, after a few years of taking the flu shot, if I don't have to take the flu shot for my job or something, maybe I won't take that vaccine, as many people make a choice to do. And we have that luxury of doing that because we can avoid people who look sick or the flu doesn't get you. Um, it's not as uh, the R naught is not as high. It doesn't spread as easily as coronavirus. But the fact is the flu vaccine, it works the same way. So if we looked at it that way, it might help people to kind of manage their expectations around what's happening with the vaccine and how, even if we just keep using the vaccine temporarily while everything else is on fire. Because let's be honest, the world is on fire. If if there's not one uh, major catastrophe going on, it's another. And the reality is is that if the rolling Delta wave comes to your town and your hospital systems are overwhelmed, the reality is that the less the people are vaccinated in that area, the more Delta will come through and ravage. And so Delta was born in India, and if people were paying attention back in May, late April, early May, when India was going through its um, Delta, well, its crisis, that was actually the Delta variant being born, actually, um, when they were going through that crisis, it should have been concerning that the systems, the hospital systems, their medical care systems were overwhelmed, and that's why so many people perished with that. And we are threatened to do the same thing. The same thing could happen to us, if we don't uh, pay attention to what's happening around us, and I like the way you promoted both the vaccine and the va- masks, because if you don't take the vaccine, you are, you know, you're, you're, you're betting on your immune system and you're betting on the idea that your immune system will be strong enough to withstand um, the long-term uh, effects of, of SARS-CoV-2 or coronavirus infection, if you get it. So if one is to get... Corona infection. I will tell you that twenty to thirty percent of people who get um, the infection don't know they have it. We call them asymptomatics. However, the asymptomatics are also way more likely to have what we call long COVID disease. So, people with asymptomatic to mild infection are the ones in large numbers reporting long COVID, which is like a like it's like lupus from what we're looking at in terms of these symptoms, and it's chronic. And it's going on for like a year uh, or more so is what we're noticing. So I don't want to have anything to do with long COVID. It, 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 it worries me. But then there's also the 20 to, there's about 15 to 20% of individuals who get infected who will go into what we call cytotoxic storm or hyperinflammatory reaction, where one could be, these are the folks who are ending up on the breathing machines or dying. So you're really running you're 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 betting on the fact that you'll be in that sliver of about twenty to thirty percent of people who just kinda of either avoid COVID completely, which is is hard with Delta because Delta is very, very adept at, at spreading. Or um you might be, you know, able to get the infection but fight the infection in such a way that you're able to survive. Um but you know, you're it's it's an odds game. And as long as everything is in full outbreak mode around you, you really can't control the circumstances. So getting the vaccine is one way, especially if you're in a high-touch high, um, a high uh, touch environment with a lot of other individuals and you can't stay in a bubble, um, which some of us can. some of, Some people can say, I'll just avoid people, and that is another way to avoid the virus. But if you have to be around people or if you live in a closely or densely populated area, Um, The reality is COVID is increasing all over the country um, in terms of, like, increased cases over the last 14 days. Pretty much all but four or five states have that going on right now. So nobody's really exempt from what the rolling delta wave is about to do next. Um, It could come to, and if you have children about to go back out to school, there will be spikes. There, There will be spikes
0: um thank you that was so much information that we all needed and i'm sure our listeners have questions and if you don't mind would you stay with us a little longer and take Absolutely. some of our listener questions? Wonderful. 212 209 2877. 212 209 2877. That is our call in number. If you have questions for Dr. Candace, that's 212 209 2877. Dr. Candace Johnson will be with us a little bit longer. Thank you so much. We'll take a musical break and you call and have your questions ready. And we're going to have a lot of people, I'm sure. So make sure that question is is really succinct and so that she can answer it and we can answer as many questions as possible. This is Law of the Land with Gloria J. Brown Marshall. I'll be right back.
1: There's a place for Quiet and open air Wait for us somewhere There's a time for us Someday there'll be a time for us Time together with time to spare time to love.
0: White Eagle. He is a Rosebud Sioux Native American and one of the first Native American opera singers. His name is White Eagle. He's actually um, at a time in which um, there were very few Native Americans had a debut at Carnegie Hall. He passed on as a victim to the time of the period of HIV AIDS but white eagle is his name. So let's move on, if we don't mind very quickly, speaking of Native Americans, that there have been, of course, um, a very high um, incident of HIV, sorry, of the the coronavirus among people with um, HIV, immune issues. Also, where people have been in situations of economic vulnerabilities and inequalities, such as Native American communities are disproportionately affected. Um, When you spoke with us early on, you talked about comorbidities and such. So as we go to the different callers we have, I'm going to slip my questions in between. I'll take theirs first, but I do have some questions along this whole idea of comorbidities, because so much Is blamed on having diabetes and having these different issues that now we see with healthy people it can't just be comorbidities that is um, mm-hmm. causing this damaging effect.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right the, the, the reality is that the comorbidities set up the individuals for not faring well once they get infected so um, and, and I'll tell you a little bit I'll give you a peek into the what happens to an individual once they are infected and uh, start what we call going bad or you know going downhill and need to go and be hospitalized. Um, you, you know they end up in a situation where they may have to be on oxygen um, in, in, in isolation uh, in a hospital environment and that if a person has comorbidities, generally especially what we what we've really done the research on this and we've had a a lot of powerful um, large sample research studies because the coronavirus pandemic has been so prevalent for the last year and a half. So we we've been able to note that the real comorbidities that matter are obesity and it has a lot to do with the weight and the pressure of the of the um, flesh of the body, the the fat of the body on the lungs. And so when you're on a ventilator and you have the crushing weight of your chest pushing you down and the ventilator is trying to um, push out or push push out your lungs um, mechanically it's a real challenge to those people and and that pneumonia that sets in it's usually um, related to having you know not being able to move around very well and exchange oxygen that's why you see people in the uh, icus on their stomachs and they have them rolled over because they're trying to recruit more Oxygen for them, so it really is. Uh, I would say of all the comorbidities, really the one that that seems to be consistently present in people who do really poorly once they get infected is uh, overweight, obesity, and smoking. on uh, Those two, but um, honestly, they are um, people who have um, type two diabetes and heart disease and cancer and HIV. They're actually better off, and this is this is my opinion. Um, when you look at the disease and all that it brings and ravages the body with, um, I think that those people who have comorbidities are better off with the vaccine um, because, A, we, we see that those folks are doing okay with the vaccine. They're not worse off after taking the vaccine. But when you compare them to people who actually get the disease, they don't fare well. And then they usually end up with some of these long COVID symptoms as well. Because well, of the fact the virus does so poorly on their body so well let's yeah, let's I, go
0: to mm-hmm. to a few of okay. our questions and maybe maybe um you've just answered some of our questions for our listeners okay. so let's go to our first uh, listener good morning you're on law of the land with Gloria J Brown marshall
3: good morning good morning yes
0: Which, and your question uh, for uh, dr. Uh, Candace Johnson
3: yes um I'm going to ask about the, um, about the CDC advice against the use of ivermectin. I understand that since the um, HIV epidemic, there's been approval based on preponderance of evidence. For example, monoclonal antibodies and other drugs have been approved on for, um, for COVID on, on the basis largely of preponderance of evidence. There seems to be a huge campaign against the use of ivermectin despite the fact that, for example, the Frontline COVID Care Critical Alliance has documented 31 randomized controlled trials around the world. There was recently a published uh, mini review of the data from Yale that, um, that are, that found that the while evaluating the um, quality of the studies, they still came out. They still come out with the studies pro ivermectin.
0: So your question, because we, we have we have many many callers, you, so the okay, heart so, of your question so is the what?
3: COVID Care Alliance, FLCCC.net, has developed a protocol that
0: the we We're going to we're going use. to go to your to the answer. We're answer going to allow line Dr. Kansas Johnson line. to respond. Okay,
2: I'm happy to jump in here. Um, Yes. Let's just quickly discuss what ivermectin and monoclonal antibodies are, because those are two uh, hot topics right now that can can really address how the treatment of COVID-19 will go. Now, this is for individuals who have been infected with COVID-19. These are both treatments that are being proposed for that. Now, for one, we do know that ivermectin, the evidence for ivermectin in humans, is not uh, holding up against SARS CoV two, and most of what we know about the science around that is that the recommendations are against that um, that as a treatment. So it doesn't have uh, it. I don't believe it has emergency use authorization, although physicians uh, have, there have been some people who've given it, but it's basically an antiparasitic. It's deworming medication for, um, for animals. So it's used in the veterinary um, industry and it has been used in humans. But what we do know is that the studies uh, have been stopped because there is no um, benefit and the numbers don't add up there. But when it comes to monoclonal antibodies, it, uh, it is an in- injection that can be given to an individual, works kind of like the morning after pill. So if you quickly um, uh, get a COVID-19 um, positive test result and you know that you have COVID-19 and you have mild disease, you have mild symptoms, then you can go to a monoclonal antibody clinic or find someone who's... There aren't very many countries who are um, administering, I'm sorry, states that are administering that right now. There are some down in Florida and I believe there are some in Alabama as they are promoting this as a treatment. Um, But the truth is that they cost our, um, the government about $1,400 for those whereas the vaccines are about $200, and both are free to to, to individuals. However, monoclonal antibody clinics, you've got to catch it in time, and you need to be at a place that actually administers monoclonal antibodies. But, yes, monoclonal antibodies do have evidence. And they are um, kind of work a little bit like convalescent plasma, except it's clean antibodies that are given to a person to give them temporary immunity and help them fight the infection. And it does, is that
0: what uh, was given to um, Donald Trump?
2: Absolutely. That was called uh, he got it under the brand Regeneron, but that's what he received. Yes. And it did. Actually, He he was said later to have had a pretty serious case. So they were pretty much giving him that treatment to save his life. And you're saying this is
0: available to us, regular now, people?
2: It, 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 it has been made available by the federal, federal government, and it's free to the taxpayers. payers. payers. The, um, it is emergency use authorized, so it is under emergency use. But it's not offered in every state right now. Florida has 21 clinics, and again, they have those clinics because Florida just experienced the rolling delta wave, and it ravaged. Uh, so I want to
0: be important. I want to be very clear about this because we have so many other questions. I want to I, I want the questions to be quicker. We've got okay. a lot to go through. So okay. if someone believes they have been infected, they've gone to their job the next mm-hmm. day. They said Mary has COVID. You've interacted with Mary, even if the person was wearing a mask, for example. They can go get this shot. Well, they have to have a positive test.
2: So, uh, unlike the morning pill, you, you're going off the hunch that you might have a, uh, a, that you might be pregnant. But, but, the thought is that you need a, a positive test. So the individual does need to be COVID positive to begin this therapy. But yes, it is a subcutaneous shot, and there's also an intramuscular injection that's given. And then the uh, the healthcare provider observes the person for one hour after they're given it, and then they go home to continue recovering from COVID 19 infection.
0: So I'm I'm sure we're in New York City in the in this tri-state area there would be clinics that are 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 giving this but most of us mm-hmm. don't know about it. I mean I've heard things about it so I'm so glad that you're on this program because the public health departments should be able to give a shot like this or at least have more information about where this particular shot could be given. Thank you so much and that's that's mm-hmm. priceless right there. Um we're going to go to our next caller And our next caller, this is Law of the Land. Good morning.
4: Good morning, my name is Joanne. Good morning, ladies. My question is, uh, the vaccine that has been approved, is it the vaccine with the RNA and the significance of the
2: RNA against the Delta virus?
4: I just
2: a response. All right, that's a great question. So the first part of your question is, um, is it mRNA, the the one that was approved? And yes, it is. And Pfizer was was approved, correct? Yes, that's the Pfizer Biontech now operating under the trade name Cominarty, C-O-M-I-N-A-R-T-Y, Cominarty. So I don't know if that'll make a difference to your listeners, but very much. Um, they are altering their company as they go along. But that's the one that has been approved, and it is the first one that was approved. And the booster shot, we, well, it's really a third shot. Um, that's pretty much the same as the first two shots. So um, that that uh, is available. And uh, I think the second part of your question was about mRNA vaccines um, versus the other Platform? Yes. That yes. Vaccine? That's what she was asking. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the other platform did it contain it, that? Mm-hmm. The, the uh, does it contain the Delta virus? Yes. Um, well, what we know about Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which is doesn't work under the same platform as the mRNA vaccine. It's a vector vaccine. And uh, it, it and I won't go into the science of it, but I will say that it, it does work under a slightly different platform. And in such a way, um, it came out a little later because it needed more time for research. So because it came out a little later, they had more time to do research uh, with the emerging Delta variant coming out. So the research that they were able to include in their most recent study does show that there is protection uh, with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine against the Delta variant. Now, the booster, um, I will say these booster shots in these vaccines um, they aren't particularly tested against the Delta variant at all. This approval that just happened, happened for the same version of the vaccine that individuals were getting back in late December and early January 2021. So it's not a different uh, vaccine that has been tested against the Delta variant. Um, and if I'm being completely honest with you, um, what they approved, it would take too long for them to go and approve a whole new. Um, vaccine that they had attested against the new variant. But what they do know is that your body will mount an appropriate defense. If you do have additional vaccine in your body, you will have the ability to continue fighting. Um, But but let me ask
0: like I said, we're we're running out of time, but Mm -hmm. I want to understand when I've been told that um, those people have taken Pfizer and I took Pfizer, um, Mm -hmm. not willingly, but I I did it anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. For those who have taken the Pfizer vaccine, taking the Moderna now will be the booster that would balance out what Pfizer couldn't do. Is that correct?
2: I think that's Not good science. I believe that because everything is in such an experimental phase that it wouldn't be safe to mix vaccines, although there have been statements by public health officials saying that it is okay to mix the two vaccines. But I'm not even talking
0: about mixing them. I'm talking about as a booster, take the Moderna because they're saying, well, the Moderna is better for this particular variant and Pfizer is better for another. So if you take the opposite um, vaccine as the booster shot, then you're covered on both sides.
2: Well, some people are dabbling in this, um, in this, you know, trying different vaccines. But keep in mind that, um, you know, the, The following the full course of one series is probably going to offer reliable, I won't say the best, I won't say
1: reliable. But that's what
0: I'm I'm not being clear there. So following the full series for one of the vaccines, for example, the two Moderna shots or two Pfizer shots, but the booster shot six, eight months later would be of the opposite kind. So if the two Mm. shots are Pfizer for full vaccination, the booster would be Moderna. That's what I've I've heard. I, I don't see any. I don't see
2: that the science supports that. I, that's not something I've seen in my research studies and my surveillance surveillance. But what I have um, heard from certain public health officials officials is that if people are out there doing that, that it won't be partic- particularly harmful to them.
0: So, okay, and we're um, going to take, we're going to try two more calls. I know we're going quickly here. Um, you're on Law of the Land with Gloria J. Brown Marshall. Uh, good, morning. good morning.
4: Good morning.
0: Yes, good morning. You're on the air.
4: Is it? You're on me? the air. Good can morning. You, yes. Good morning. Oh, good morning. And thank you, um, Dr. Marshall and Dr. Johnson for um, this show. And I'll try and be as quickly as I can. I am one of the holdouts on the vaccine, and I'm a holdout because of America's frontline doctors, and I don't want to go into that part, but I have questions. I'm happy that you, Dr. Johnson, admitted that um, there's unknowns, and that's the reason many people are holding out, because our feeling is it hasn't been out long enough, and our feeling is that CDC NIH have not been honest insane that they don't know and my other comment is um the delta virus you said come came from um india so when the vaccines were first being pushed why wasn't it pushed worldwide so another
0: variant didn't come up good very good oh, questions and i'm so glad I, and I'm, I'm so glad that you called because we. I, I want to this this to be very much uh, about uh, people who don't want the vaccine and just want to stay in isolation until this passes. So um, why should she take the vaccine, Dr. Johnson?
2: Right. I uh, I'm right there with you. I, I definitely, um, as someone who understands the science of public health, was very frustrated to hear so much mixed messaging and weak messaging and inconsistent messaging coming from America's frontline doctors. And um, I really feel like we should have managed expectations and been more honest about the fact that science is about research. And, you know, so that means experimenting and if some, guessing. And if things don't work or your hypothesis isn't true, you try something else and you learn from the mistakes that you made and the reality is that, you know, we, we we spoke with sweeping generalities, and that wasn't very helpful. And it is true that when the Delta variant came out during that same week, and I, I was just going nuts when this was happening, but during that same week, our leadership dropped the mask mandate. And yes. it also made a two-week uh, uh, gap in the ban on travel from india so we basically essentially allowed the virus to come right on in and then took the mask down so that they could it could become the dominant variant so the reality is it won't spread if you're wearing uh, if we're all practicing the mitigating measures that we were practicing at the very beginning of the virus that if, in fact, we maintain six feet of distance between the person that's next to us, if we wear our mask when we're out in public. And honestly, if you know or if you find that the Delta variant is rolling around in your area, what I mean by that is go on to drcommunityrn.com and look at some of the trackers that I've curated for you all to look at. And you can click on your state and type in your county and find out if the vaccine is nearby or if the vaccine, I'm sorry, not the vaccine, but the virus is is, uh, is dominating in your area. And you can have a sense about what you want to do. But keep in mind, this is very important to pass along to individuals who do think they might want to take the vaccine or are on the fence about it. It takes up to four weeks for the first dose To actually be effective in your body so if you decide it's many people who are going into the ED right now are saying that you know okay I want the vaccine now and there's nothing that can be done for them because it actually works with your immune system to build up the defense against the virus if it presents to you so the reality is that if you're going to do it I really want to implore that you consider doing it now if you're going to do it because I say that by October the 31st, about two months from now, Delta is going to be ablaze in this country, all over this country. And if you happen to be in a place where it's, it's abundant, then you won't have the time to build up the immunity that you'll need if you went and got the vaccine today. Now, if you don't want to get the vaccine, it is important that you are hyper vigilant about where you go and who you're around and don't no longer assume that people are vaccinated here so we're probably okay most people are catching it from going to events going out to eat with friends and taking off the mask during eating or going to um you know events where there are people within six feet of them that's that's and you and Delta as we know now does not have a face if anyone could be carrying it and kids could be carrying it vaccinated people can be carrying it and that's why it's it's going to be such a problem. So yes, I, I so agree with you that we did not manage things very well in terms of healthcare messaging. But if we're honest with ourselves right now, we really want to avoid worse outcomes that can come from this, then you're going to have to practice really tight.
0: We are trying to get back to um, Dr. Johnson and what she stated is that we are going to have to practice um, really tight protections. Um, And so for those people who do not want to be vaccinated, as as Dr. Johnson has said, that means you cannot trust anyone, anyone. Do you understand this? You have to make sure that you stay in a bubble. And the reason why is because, as was pointed out, even those vaccinated people could be carriers of the Delta variant and you wouldn't know until after the, the interaction in which they're, then the person's being tested. Another question that I wanted to raise, and I know we're down to our last moments, is that the, have you experienced, and the listening audience, and I asked this question, being charged for the, for the um, COVID test? Because now I'm wondering what was free before, we were supposed to get these free tests. I've been hearing about people actually being charged for the test. So I was wondering about that. Um, unfortunately, if we could have one last question, but I think I'm get getting the signal that I'm going to have to close. I, I want you to know that we're going to try so hard to bring Dr. Candace Johnson back. We want her to answer these questions for you and to know that she was an anti-vaxxer and then decided to get the vaccine. I thought that was very brave of her and someone in the medical profession to actually admit to our listening audience. And that's why WBAI and, and my show, Law of the Land, and so many of the programs we have on WBAI are here for you so that you can better understand the world in which we live. Uh, Dr. Johnson? Yes, I'm still here. Sorry about that. Yes, Dr. Johnson, we're so glad to have had you here, and, and I just want you to give that website a few more times.
2: Yes, it's uh, Dr. Community RN, and it's Dr. Community rn.com. And we have COVID trackers there where we're just kind of giving you the opportunity to check out what's going on in your local area, which I think is important for for everybody. Not every state will be the same. Not every county will be the same. So be sure to keep a, a track on what's going on around you.
0: Well, we want you to come back. You know that you are our own, Dr. Fauci, as far as we're yeah. concerned. And, 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 and I was one of those people, very um, astonished that Dr. Fauci would come out and say, take the masks off, and now we can't be, get people to put them back on. I thought that was just so irresponsible for mm. our our government and our officials and the leaders to actually say something like this but they Absolutely. did and people took off those masks and even yesterday when I was at the store people are practicing 6 feet apart and social distancing it it seems mm-hmm. as though they've gone on with their lives as though there is no pandemic taking place and i think that the death tolls and those people who are who are now um infected and sick tell a different story thank you so right. much and give us that give us that website one more time it's dot
2: D-R-community-R-N,
0: com. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, and we'll have you back soon because there's so much more to unpack. And for all those listeners we could not get to today, we will have Dr. Candace Johnson back with us, and so she will be able to answer those questions. I thank you so much, and I thank um, not just uh, you for coming on, but for having this platform called WBAI on the Pacifica station, WBAI 99.5 FM, WBAI.org. Become a BAI buddy. Say you're doing it for Law of the Land. I would appreciate that so much. Become a BAI buddy and just say, oh, Law of the Land is a show that I listen to and I've missed you during my time off and look forward to seeing you back next week. Oh yeah, I will be seeing you because I will, I will, See you on the radio.